Another toy show season has come to a close. For collectors, 2023 certainly was interesting. It was the first full year after the collectibles frenzy, that wild era during the pandemic. Comics, trading cards, toys, and Star Wars figures graced the spotlight among both diehards and a general audience of collectors. And by July of last year, the chugging market ran out of steam and slowly started to drop for almost every area of memorabilia. The dip in interest among all collectibles caused a shift in the toy show landscape as well. There were larger changes that were immediately noticeable, as many of the once desirable but more expensive items went unsold. Overall, shoppers were spending less at the shows as well. The bustling patterns established over the past few years had been largely decimated, and the hobby reached a phase of redefining itself. It was in need of a toy show system reboot. Some of the shifts were more subtle, more nuanced, and the only way to see these changes was to view them over a period of time, in person and at the shows themselves. Newer patterns emerged, becoming visible over the course of the past 12 months. The last time I went to ToyCon, I published an episode highlighting some of these trends. And now, as we reach the year's final Toy Show weekend, I wanted to revisit some of them, to get a better idea of where we've been and where we may be heading when it comes to toy shows and collecting. This is a look at the final Toy Show weekend of the year. This is a trip to ToyCon NJ in search of the Star Wars collectibles we all love. This is a true blessing, spent in the company of friends and collectors for one more show. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. This weekend, I return to ToyCon NJ. ToyCon is one of the largest toy shows in New Jersey and has been running since 2014. The show is held at the Police Athletic League Center in Parsippany and boasts more than 180 vendor tables of toys and collectibles. Parsippany is home to ToyCon twice a year, with a show in the spring and one in the fall. This year, the spring show shifted to June, and the one that usually runs in November was pushed back to the second weekend in December. After the June show, I published episode 136, titled Five Fascinating Collector and Toy Show Trends Gleaned from a Return to ToyCon NJ. 
In some ways, the show felt different from previous years, and I wanted to try to get a grasp on what was working and what had changed. So I came up with a list of five main trends from the June ToyCon that echoed what I had witnessed at other toy shows. Trend number one was that the line for early admission attendees was lower than it had been in the past, and the show didn't really pick up until it opened to the general public. Trend number two was that there was a noticeable shift in what the show offered. Originally developed as a vintage heavy toy show, the June ToyCon featured fewer vintage tables, with many vendors selling toys released within the past year, and ones you could pick up at retail outlets and through online channels. Trend number three highlighted the fact that we were seeing even fewer vintage Star Wars collectibles at toy shows, as competition to acquire them ramped up during the pandemic. Trend number four was somewhat concerning, as many of the newer figures from Hasbro, from the Vintage Collection and the Black Series, were discounted at ToyCon, indicating that the modern lines may have fallen out of favor with collectors. And trend number five was likely the most positive and the most exciting observation on my list. Shows like ToyCon were seeing an uptick in families attending, and were becoming experiential events. Think of each as a multi-generational day out. And as I returned to Parsippany for the final Toy Show weekend of the year, I wanted to see if these trends continued at a larger show like ToyCon NJ. So feel free to jump in the passenger seat and join me for one last toy trip before the new year begins. I don't know what to expect from this one. I'm hoping my friend Ryan Humblehorder will be there, as I haven't seen him in a while and would love to reconnect with him. Ryan is a collector of loose vintage Kenner figures, and he routinely sets up at ToyCon. And he always has an array of fantastic figures and great prices, so make sure to bring your wallet in case you're looking for anything in particular. And this is the first time ToyCon is being held in December, so I'm curious to see what the turnout will be like, what types of items the vendors will have for sale, and if we'll score the kinds of finds that make ToyCon so memorable. Okay, it's a crisp morning, and we'll be driving through one of the densest fogs you've seen in a long time. But this trip is a celebration of a wonderful year of traveling together in search of Star Wars toys and connecting with collectors in the process. Let's make our final toy show weekend a great one. Good morning. It's a little after nine o'clock and I've just arrived to the PAL Center, the Police Athletic League building. And it's interesting because the last time I was here, and so I wanted to cover the, uh, the five trends that I talked about in the June episode, but the last time I was here, I was able to get a spot pretty close up to the front, in front of the building, and the early bird was pretty dead. I mean, there really weren't a lot of people. And this time, 
at the front of the building, the, the, that area and then the area across the street are, are filled. And so I've had to park at Smithfield Park, which is um, a local baseball field and sports field that's right next to the uh, Police Athletic League itself, and which is a really good sign. The first trend that I had noticed last time was that there really weren't a lot of people here for the early bird. Um, and I assumed that it was because of the price, which had jumped up to $25 to get in with the early bird, where getting in an hour later was $5 cheaper. Um, and also maybe you know, there was a lack of urgency on the part of collectors or people who were buying during the pandemic where it was maybe more beneficial to them, you know, to get in and to get pieces. So this is a good sign for it. I'll report once I get inside, but it's, um, it's pretty cold now. Um, the front of the building's quiet, but it's been open for a few minutes, so I'm assuming most of the people that were lined up are already inside. So here we go. This is the last toy show of the year. Okay, it's about 10.30. I've finally gone through both rooms, um, checking out the entirety of the show. And it's really interesting. So the first thing was the early bird, the first trend that I talked about last year. And I think that makes sense. Um, it was slower then. It seems to be much busier now. Uh, there are definitely more families and more collectors here. There, I have to say, one of the surprising things is that there's uh, a younger crowd overall. Um, where a lot of times with stuff like like vintage toys, you know, the the audience will be kind of in the 30 to 60 year old range. But we're seeing more teens and people in their 20s, um, and so it's really nice to see. Um, I would even say too, I'm I'm really starting to see a true shift overall in the in the toy shows itself. And that brings me to trend number two. So for the last time in June, I saw a lot more of modern stuff. And it was beyond modern. It was really, it was items that you would see in stores now, Target and Walmart, pops and, and pieces like that. And um, I would say that this show has even more modern stuff than we've really ever seen at a, at a toy con. I've been coming here since 2014, but um, later on I'll take a walk through and I'll, I'll try to just give you a better idea of what the booths look like, but I was, I was really surprised. Um, I'm seeing a lot less vintage as well, too, and so I'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, but I've noticed that I think the toy show is shifting. I think we've seen a shift since the pandemic. And the way that it started out, you know, if you were to, to shop in the pre-pandemic era, there was modern, but it was much more vintage-heavy. Um, and now it's uh, there's uh, there's a there's a greater energy here. I'm seeing, and I think we're also seeing um, a, more people that are shopping that are buying stuff. But a lot of it tends to be items that you'd probably see. Um, in stores or uh, exclusives that have just been released or things that are tied to 
maybe um, newer series and newer films and, and newer properties. So really fascinating. Um, I think we're seeing a cultural shift for toy shows. So I'm going to go walk back in and do my second lap now. Okay, I'm going to try this now. Um, so I'm walking down the first aisle, and there, there's a table um, for art, you know, T-shirts and stickers and lapel pins. Um, then the one on my left has an entire row of pops, I would say hundreds at this point, and I mean, they're stacked up on tables and on shelves that, that go all the way up, I'd say about 13, 14 feet. The next booth is a booth that has um, buy one, get one 50% off. And that's a trend that I'm starting to see now, too, where a lot of stuff is either heavily clearanced or it's buy one, get one 50% off, buy two, get one free. Um, and this this table in particular has, um, they have some pops, they have a lot of horror and film-related figures, uh, a few of the retro collection for Star Wars. Next to that is a table that has um, carded Pokemon figures, NBA hoops, um, and all, all different sports cards, and, and they're locked away in, in glass cases. Um, we have vintage t-shirts, which are kind of interesting, so you have things like Transformers, Thundercats. Um, those are pretty cool. You know, it's just a rack of, of shirts. Um, I'm also starting to see a lot of video games and a lot of VHS tapes. Uh, I don't think the VHS market went the way that a lot of people thought it was going to after it had its initial burst during the pandemic. Um, hello. Uh, so we have... <laughs> so we have... Uh, we have puppets. Um, we have a wall of wrestling figures and G.I. Joe figures, Cobra Kai figures... Then we get to the Star Wars stuff, and a lot of it is the six-inch black series uh, and um, some of the more modern vintage collection figures, three and three-quarter inch. And the prices are really interesting. We're starting to see a number of figures fall under the $20 range, which you know, 20 to $25 is what they go for in the stores. So people are starting to take a loss on these. There's a bin here that I'm looking in, and it has a lot of the figures, believe it or not, from the Kenobi series, uh, some from The Mandalorian, um, and then some of just the more modern ones, like the Princess Leia from the Ewok Village. Um, but it's mostly Mandalorian, maybe some Rogue One, and definitely Kenobi. I've seen a lot of that. And that, this is in a, um, a bargain bin where everything is $15. So we're already starting to see prices drop. I, I noticed that first in June um, at the Toy Con show, and I'm still seeing that. Um, another booth, you know, again, it's 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 that vintage modern stuff uh, that Hasbro and Mattel have been putting out where it looks like items from the 90s and early 2000s, um, but they, you know, these are items that just came out probably a few months ago, a year ago. Um, so we're seeing a lot of a lot of these clean booths with uh, different items in them. Um, one of my left here has things like wine stoppers that have a bunch of different figures like Deadpool, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Ahsoka, um, and they're hand painted. They they look pretty interesting, you know. But again, we're starting to see more customs and, and items like that. Um, and this is an entire wall, so they have busts that are that are done and hand painted. 
Um, they have lighting designs, ornaments with characters like the Joker and Little Mermaid on it. You know, and so a common thread here is we're starting to see less and less vintage, um, vintage-related items. Um, table to my right, again, has a lot of the more modern Black Series figures uh, and Ahsoka for $40. Um, uh, Bad Batch figures, Moff Gideon from the Mandalorian. Uh, and the prices are, they're not a bargain sometimes, and then some, some of them really are. Uh, this table here has some, to my left, has more modern stuff. It has a, a, a nice mix, actually, of modern and vintage. You have some um, Barbie trading cards, some G.I. Joe trading cards, which look like they're from the maybe early 90s. Um, Robocop figure, Hot Wheels. But this is this table is closer to what we see at at this toy show and at toy shows in, in the area, you know, where they have a healthy mix of a little bit of everything. Um, but it's, it's really surprising. I mean, this is, this is still a rarity. And, and even this with being vintage, it's not really, it's closer to kind of the era of the, the 90s and early 2000s than being of the 70s and 80s. Uh, another table, you know, again, it has Transformers, but they're, they're modern versions of the older ones. Um, and so they look, they, you know, it's still, everything is really clean because it's really new. Um, there's a lot of Pokemon stuff here. A lot of, a lot of items that we don't normally see at these shows. So that's just a little brief idea of what we're looking at. Uh, and now I'm at my friend Ryan's booth and he has this huge vintage R2-D2. Uh, it looks like the toy toter, but it's actually, I think, for drinks. Um, but he has a ton of vintage stuff here. Figures. Figures from uh, the, the entire Kenner run. I think he said he brought 30 carded figures. So I'm going to go speak to him now and, and check out and see what he has. So I'm here at Ryan Hummelhorter's booth, uh, just hanging out, and uh, ran into a friend named Mike. And uh, Mike is purchasing some vintage Star Wars stuff today, some nice Kenner pieces. So, uh, Mike, what are you looking at purchasing? So, picking up a Minon car, Paplu, Power of the Force. Pretty nice condition. Uh, for my buddy, we're getting a, a Gamorrean Guard Minon car. And it's great, too, because, as you said before when you came over, you didn't really see a lot of vintage Star Wars stuff here, so... And Ryan always tends to have really good pieces, right? Excellent, yeah. Now, Ryan's a great guy. I've known him for a long time. We've, mm -hmm. we've done a lot of sales and trades back and forth, so... Yeah, and it, and so when you were looking at the Poplu, Ryan kind of surprised you with something. How, what did he surprise you with? Yeah. But, yeah, so he, he digs out. He goes, well, just for you... I got the. I have ten of these. <laughs> Just pick the best one. <laughs> Which is really nice. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you want at a toy yeah. show. But uh, didn't even ask. And also really cool to see yeah. ten poplars in a row. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, how long have you been collecting for? Oh. 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. at least. And is there anything that you're targeting, say, for 2024 that you'd like to pick up for your collection? Uh, I mean, probably finish them in on a card run. So that, that would be, I mean, some of them I realize I'm probably never going to. How close are you to finishing your? 25, 25 or so left. Okay. Yeah. Is there anyone in particular you'd like to get? Oh, I mean, Yak Face and Anakin. Anakin? Okay, sure, sure, yeah. I'm going to have to, like, sell my house to probably get one, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, have you, you? So you've been to ToyCon before, right? Yeah. 
They would um, come every time. Have you noticed anything, any different, either trends or anything different from previous ones? Too many pops. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Too many pops. And, and a little less vintage this go around, actually. It seems like every time we come, it's it's get, it's really yeah. shrinking as far as what's available. And I think that's just because it's hard to get that stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Well, congrats on your purchases. and uh, it. Yeah, it's always nice to see like a fellow vintage collector pick up a card and figure. So, Same. congrats. Thanks, man. Nice talking to you. All right, we're still here at Ryan's booth, and uh, we met another friend now uh, named John, and John was just telling us a really interesting story, and I asked if he would recount that for all of you. So, uh, John, tell us how you started collecting Star Wars figures. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, so I started collecting uh, Star Wars figures, I mean, back in 83, 84, but right around 89, when I was about nine years old, no one cared anymore. And so I went to school one day, and I told everyone in the class, I said, hey, I'll pay you $1 for any Star Wars figure you want to bring into school. And no one cared, and all of a sudden, every kid started showing up with duffel bags full of Star Wars figures, and I started just laying down $1 bills and taking home entire collections. And no one cared at the time, but I did, and I was so happy to get figures. It wasn't about reselling, it was just about passion of collecting and my favorite uh, Star Wars toys. Do you have a favorite figure? Uh, I do. My favorite figure is Amanda Man. It's because I never had him as a kid, and he was such a different mold than any of the other Star Wars figures. Huge figure, and a, a, you're right, a very strange-looking one for the Star Wars line. Absolutely. He had a cool weapon with skulls on it, so anytime I see it as an adult, I always want to grab my two of them. I want five of them. I want ten of them. I understand that feeling. Always trying to nail them. All right. Well, it looks like you're picking up some cool stuff here. Um, what, uh, what what figures do you have in front of you here? Uh, right now, um, I'm grabbing a couple uh, Darth Vader's. I like anytime I see a really nice minty Darth Vader with the paint job on the chest that looks really good. I'm always trying to grab them. I probably have five or six at home. I'm hoping to get two more today, and uh, I'm trying to get an Imperial Stormtrooper because I don't have enough Stormtroopers. Awesome. And I think he looks really cool. I actually like damaged packaging because I'm about the loose figure, not about and and this is so this is a Hoth uh, snow trooper and it's on a Return of the Jedi card which you don't really see a lot you know you usually see more of the the Empire Strikes Back one so that's nice that's a cool one I didn't even notice that till you pointed that absolutely, out absolutely yeah wow that is awesome and a pretty clear bubble too which is nice the bubble was really sharp that's kind of what pulled me to it so I'm hoping to pick this boy up today okay well I'll let you continue to uh, to work out a deal with our friend Ryan here and it looks like you got a good setup but uh, thank you for sharing your story thanks for having me. So the show has calmed down a little bit now. It's 1.07. Um, I spent, I think I spent the last maybe two or three hours at Ryan's table, which was really nice, and um, got to just meet a bunch of people who are collectors that I've seen in the past and maybe didn't really know. So that, that part was really great. Um, now the show has quieted down a little bit. Um, so going back to some of the, the trends that I, I've seen, um, 
the second trend that I had mentioned in the June episode was really interesting because I was starting to see a change and I couldn't feel, fully appreciate it or couldn't really you know, get a, a full handle on it um, until now where I'm, I'm really I'm seeing it more concrete. So I think, I think we're seeing a total change to toy shows in general. Um, I think it's a result of the fact that there aren't a lot of, um, of vintage items around, you know, that people can get as easily anymore. Um, it, it does become a little more difficult, um, and I, you know, I think I think we are seeing that. Um, and so, as a result, now you're getting much more of the modern stuff um, and items beyond toys. You know, maybe that's where vendors need to fill spaces. Um, but so we have a lot more customs. Um, as usual, the four horsemen are here, so they they create the toys uh, like Mythic Legions that are wildly popular. Um, but I even noticed that their line wasn't as long as it normally is. You know, usually they. They have a massive line that, that goes for at least an hour or two, if not longer, for you know, half the day. And um, people are really into their stuff. So I know that their stuff has been selling, but uh, we are seeing more customs. We're seeing a lot more of the pops. I mean, there are tables and walls you know, filled with pops, so I guess they're still selling. Um, and then it's a lot of the stuff, again, that you would see at Target and Walmart and, and you know, the, the very recent items. Um, and a lot of it is very popular. Um, so I think we are seeing the face of the toy show change, you know, where we're getting fewer vintage vendors, uh, which is understandable. Um, you know, and I think right now too, with prices being a little more depressed and, and with toys having a little less interest, you know, especially the vintage ones, and if they're not selling, you know, maybe people are holding on to them and waiting until, uh, the prices go up and the values rise before they bring them back to a show like this. Okay, we're still hanging out at Ryan's booth. It has been really popular, I think, because um, it's one of the only booths that really has a ton of vintage Star Wars stuff. Um, and so uh, I met another new friend today. Uh, this is Frankie. And um, Frankie has just purchased a bunch of loose Star Wars figures. So, Frankie, what, what do you collect? Mainly uh, Kenner Star Wars figures, to be exact. I mean, vintage stuff in general, a whole bunch of Mego, Remco. Uh, let's see here. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, my dad is the one that got me into most of this stuff. So, I mean, I'm 21 years old. You don't really find that often with uh, a kid actually buying Kenner figures. But they're worth something to my dad. They're worth something to me. He showed me them. And without Star Wars, things would be very different. <laughs> I love, very, very different. I, I love hearing that. And you have, like, I was watching you as you were hunting through all this stuff. And you have yeah. a real, a genuine passion for all of it. Um, so what is your, uh, what's your favorite vintage Star Wars figure from the Kenner line? It's probably basic, but I mean, Farm Boy Luke is probably like my favorite Kenner figure ever. I mean, that is, I mean, for a lot of kids it was too, but I mean, double telescopic lightsaber, one day we'll have that. Okay. One day. Yeah. I, I can afford it, I think. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Not on a card, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you, so we were talking about this um, at a recent show. Um, one of our friends a few years ago picked up a Luke Farm Boy figure for $20. Really? And when she took it out, it turned out to be a double telescoping saber. See? So, 
Talk about a nice can surprise. To anybody. Absolutely, you never know. He just told me he finds a monomon in the Ewok playset out of all places. <laughs> yeah, the staff, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, is there anything that you're hunting for in 2024 that you'd like to pick up besides the double telescope and loop? Uh, we're going to have to finish out the rest of the Kenner collection. There's only a couple more things that I actually need. Probably the, the Ewok playset, the original Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> Palatoy Death Star. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be going hunting yeah. for that, though. That's going to be You hard. have really good taste. Like that is awesome. Work, bro. It it's is. Like, I found out recently that Palatoy, if, it, if it's not Palatoy, it's another company. Is Palatoy the one that made the Jawa cloth cape, cloth hood, removable hood? Little Letty. Little Letty. Little Letty. Yeah, that is like, you know, I don't even know how many of those exist, but that would be amazing. If okay. I could get that, that would be awesome. That would probably be like a holy grail. But, I mean, just for a piece of cloth to be worth God knows how much money. There are two of them here today at the show. There's no shot. Ah, that's amazing. I'll show you, yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. But, but um, awesome. I mean, I know they're probably going to be a pretty penny because they're hard. Very high point. Yeah. Are you are you doing droids and Ewoks as well, or are you just sticking? Droids and Ewoks will probably come after for sure because there is a couple of figures. I probably won't collect the whole line because the whole, you know how that is. To collect the whole line is gets difficult, especially towards the tail end. There's a couple of figures names that I forget. I, I can't even remember them all because if you do the original Kenner line plus Ewoks and droids, what does that come out to? Something like how many figures? Uh, I think 108 or something on that order. 108, maybe more. And that's adding the last 17. Right? Okay, yeah. So that's, I think I have like 94? No, 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 93. Wait, how many are in the original? 90, 93. 93. All right, so I have everything except for But the then last. if you include something like Salacious Crumb, even the Rancor is considered true. a figure because it says yeah. figure on the that's box. True. So. Yeah, that's true. But I guess that's, yeah, that, that would be considered a figure. He's got articulation. It's just, it's not a ship. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's awesome, though. Are, are you buying anything at the show today? Uh, so I was looking, I was looking for a carded figure, and um, our friend Ryan had a 12-back A Princess Leia, nice. and I was considering buying it. I walked away to continue my lap. When I came back, he had sold it. So I'm still on the hunt, though. That's I okay. almost, I, I did that this morning. I, I pick up the ATST, and I'm like, all right, I'm coming back for the cloud car pilot. I hope it's still there. And even if it wasn't still there, he has one. So Absolutely. I'm like, that would have been even, even. I might as well buy two. Just have two on the display You've been buying from Ryan for a while, right? I think I bought from Ryan for the first time probably when I was like 13, 13 or 14. I was literally a little kid. I came over and I knew about the, of course, the original Power of the Force line uh, from the 90s. Uh, But I never got all the way into that. I didn't collect all that stuff either. My dad just said, all right, we're going to go hardcore vintage real quick at a super young age. And that... Breeds me, <laughs> a twenty-one-year-old that likes vintage. Do you have? Do you have the connection? Is the connection to Star Wars or to your dad or both or everything? It's literally both. It's weird. I have a passion for Kenner Star Wars figures, but I never grew up in the seventies. Yeah. So it's very hard. It's very hard to like explain that. Yeah. But my dad tells me he's like, it's because I showed you Star Wars. Literally, is the first first movie ever seen. Right. So it doesn't matter when you. It doesn't really matter what happens. Your brain kind of like just takes all that in. It's like. All right, we're gonna ride with it, for, like, and it doesn't really care what anybody else says. It's kind of like you just keep collecting no matter what. I mean, I'm 21. I've had like four girlfriends. I've gone to all the parties, and then they find out I collect Star Wars Kenner figures. <laughs> they get real tripped out after that. They're like, "You're a little kid." I'm like, "Yeah." You come in my room, and it's like everything is glasses, play cases, action figures, and but they love it. They love it. Oh, I'm very sorry. My bad. 
Um, but yeah, everybody that comes into the house, every time they come into the room or my father's room, he has a display case, they always love it. They get a real good kick out of it, but it's just keep on pushing, just keep on collecting. Would you, would you ever go for the carded figures? Oh, or yes. are you stick? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's just 21 is only right. so much no, money. You have, yeah, you There's have only so much the money. rest of your life to exactly. add to it. That's why my dad was happy, because my dad... He's still happy no matter what because he gets to collect them. But he didn't collect them when he was a kid. He played with them when he was a kid, just like everybody else did. Yeah. But nowadays, he gets to collect them again. And that's, like, the best part. That. That's why he wants a complete collection. And he gets to do it with you, too, which yeah. changes the whole thing. Um, yeah, he gets. we get to do it all over again. This will be, like, the second time. We, I collected the whole line already. Yeah. We're going to do it again. So that'll be great for him, at least, because he's going to feel like a kid on Christmas morning. So What's... What's a dream piece for you? Like a total... If I could have the true original Palatoy Death Star and the Palatoy Cantina, the one where the seats, there's, there's the row of seats, I would have that over the original Kenner versions any day, just because they're, in my opinion, they're cooler. Mm -hmm. But I love the Kenner ones to death, that's why I have them. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have both one day, but not now. Frankie, it was, it was so nice to really to meet with you, to talk with you and everything, and I wish you all the best uh, you, for the too. next few years to come. I will be and, back. Uh, Don't worry. Brian and I will certainly help you out with stuff, too. We'll keep an eye out for stuff if you're looking for anything. Thank you. Thank you. So, trend four that I mentioned, if trend three was about the vintage Star Wars stuff, uh, trend four was about the modern items. And what I noticed about the modern items for Star Wars is that they were on clearance, essentially, in June, and they've remained so and, and actually um, have dropped even more substantially uh, now here in December. Um, you know, really looking at a lot of the Black Series stuff, and the prices on the Black Series stuff is... Uh, I was able to pick up um, about 10 or so figures uh, for less than $5 each that were loose, um, but ones that I needed because I have the, the prototypes, right, so I want to pair them up. Um, and I was also able to get in the same aisle uh, a really nice piece um, that I've wanted for a while, which was a loose Shea Vizsla from the vintage collection set, and I think that's from, I want to say 2011, 2011 or 2012. Um, was hoping to pick that up uh, at some point, did not think that I would get it for $15, which was really nice. Um, that was a, a total shock. Um, I know that they've just re-released you know, re the figure uh, within the last maybe six months or a year, but um, this one was the original, and it had all of the accessories with it and stuff and so again I have a, a prototype of it so, be, so to be able to, to pair it together um, with the production figure is really nice um, but there are th those were my purchases there are certainly uh, a vast number of deals to be had if you're collecting things like the Black Series and the Vintage Collection um, I think if you're pulling the curtain back a little bit um, it probably you know I think it speaks a lot to the interest that's there for modern stuff and if it's if it's connecting you know and I as I mentioned in the June episode I, I think a lot of it is because the the most recent content uh, you know released over the last few years especially the Disney Plus era now um, I don't know if it's been connecting as well and I think the prices per figure are very high 
where I know, you know, for me, like, if I see something, a Black Series figure that's $30 or $40, I'm going to just walk right past it, and I think most people are. And um, they're not much cheaper in the stores. I think they sell now for $20 to $25. So there are a number of elements that I think are leading to these clearance prices for these modern lines uh, that were really popular for a while. They were exceptionally popular during the pandemic as well. Uh, I think more and more people were buying into them. And uh, we're just, we're not seeing that interest there. So that's the state of modern Star Wars. So I've been spending the entire day here at the table of Ryan Humblewater, and uh, we finally have a chance. Everything died down a little bit, slowed down for us. So Ryan and I have had a chance to hang out and talk, and um, Ryan is now standing next to me. We haven't seen each other in, what, like a year maybe? Yes. Has it been that long? Yes. Yay, wow. Star Wars prototypes <laughs> in production. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I have to tell you, so you and I, we did an episode where we looked at um, the, the trends in like the loose figures and, and accessories and all that stuff. I think around 2020, 2021. Early, early, pan, early pandemic days, yeah. Yeah, and I still get people that contact me and are, and are like, oh, I love that episode. I go back and I listen to it. So I think it's pretty cool. That was fun, yeah. The, the prices have probably uh, changed since then. They've probably gone up and then back down. So maybe there, some of them might actually be the same uh, after all of that. But yeah. Um, yeah, oh, love the podcast. This is my first show in a lot, like over a year, and uh, great crowd here in New Jersey. Um, what was the show like? Foot traffic, but uh, just slow and steady. I've seen more foot traffic at these shows before, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing some people that I've been seeing for the last ten years, and I'm seeing a lot of new faces. Um, I haven't had a chance to walk around too much and do any shopping, but from what I understand, there's not very much vintage stuff out there. It's a lot of modern. Um, so that's working out in my benefit because I'm still focused on the vintage Star Wars figures from 77 to 85. And, uh, you know, uh, we get a good crowd here and people circling around the table and you could tell that there's still a lot of enthusiasm for collecting vintage Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say it's it's going well. Um, I think anybody would say they can have a better show, but it could always be worse. We're happy to get, you know, the weather was good to get here and everything. So just being grateful and um, the day flew by, talking to people, having conversations left and right, hearing people's childhood stories and reconnecting with collectors that I've seen at these shows for like the last decade seeing people grow up over the years. We talked to Frankie and he's been coming here I think since 2014 2015 when he was 14. He's almost unrecognizable because he's a young man now and he was he was a, a child when we first started, you know, when he first started buying Star Wars and collecting so it's just fun, you know, getting together and and just geeking out on it and and uh, trying to glean 
trends from the market and, and learn things from other collectors. And uh, David and I are kind of recognizing that we're getting to be like elders on the scene here. And so we're trying to impart some of our wisdom onto other collectors, uh, informing them about variants and yeah. um, that's been a lot of fun today. So And there were there were collectors of all different ages that were coming up that really did not understand a lot about say the variants or didn't know why you had certain items in certain cases. I mean you think that everybody knows about the red bar R5 and everybody knows about the, the painted legs on but you know, there's still a lot of room to learn, um, and there's people, collectors at different stages. So um, it's nice to impart that knowledge onto them and explain to them and show to them, oh, here's the little rectangle that's either filled red or filled white on an R5 to make it worth, you know, 10 times the value. That's yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, just just a blast, you know. For, for a more experienced collector you might look at and know exactly what's going on with all these figures but then somebody might say well what's what's with this Boba Fett uh, painted helmet oh well that turns out that's a rare variant you know so it's it's fun for me to see it it's it's fun to have the excitement around it and to share the information it, it's good to feel useful and be a part of the community here you know and you do a great job and, and to me like I just loved hanging out at your table today. I mean, this has been, what, three or four hours it that we spent together? It like that. It really did. Like, I can't believe it's uh, it's almost three o'clock already. Wow. Yeah. But it's um, it's interesting, too, because your table was sort of like a hub for collector conversations for a while, where, again, you just had people from all different um, ages and interests coming up and, and talking, and you were very kind because you, um, you gave them the time, you gave them the information, but also when you did deals with them, too, you gave them really good prices on stuff. Yes, I'm, I'm uh, recognizing the fact that it's a buyer's market, so trying to cater to that and... Um, Especially these guys, I mean, they've been coming here year after year, and I've been dealing with them. I know these people by first name, Mike, Frankie, David. You know, their parents. Exactly. So it's like, it's great to know where these items are going. They're showing me pictures of their collection rooms, and it's like, okay, this is going to be added to their collection. I feel great about giving them a good deal because I know where this is going, and it's just something about it, finding a good home for this stuff. Is there something that you'd like to find for yourself in the new year? In the new year? Mm -hmm. Oh, I just love tons and tons of loose figures in the vintage. (laughs) I don't care if they're beaters or what. And uh, I have fun buying those collections. So I I hope uh, I'm able to find some more of that stuff maybe maybe find a double telescoping luke in there that to me is is fun finding a rare variant in a group of figures that you got for cheap that's that's what i'm in it for i'm not looking for a particular piece but um more just the excitement of the unknown a good item at a good price yeah. that turns out to be a li- little bit of a treasure hunt a little, it's getting fun. harder to find all of this stuff and um, when I do I really get excited about it even smaller pieces you know if I find a piece from a play set or an action figure at a flea market it still gives me joy even if it's a two dollar item it's the fact that it, it gravitated to me it makes me feel good like the circle is complete I love that. And I I first met you by seeing your incredible the incredible items that you would bring. You know, we we 
we bonded over things like yak faces and blue snaggletooth figures and stuff like that. So it's nice to see that that's continued. Um, I actually got to sit back and watch you make so many people happy today, so many genuine collectors happy. I love that. If somebody's looking for an item, whether it's a carded figure, loose items, accessories, what's the best way to reach you? I am on eBay as Humble Hoarder, H-U-M-B-L-E-H-O-R-D-E-R. Oh, man, uh, you're going to have to... H-O-R-D-E-R, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. Yep. Uh, so anyway, you find me on there, and I, I still like putting things up there and uh, meeting people through eBay that way. I'm not on Facebook or I'm not on the group, so... Uh, other than the occasional toy show every one, one or two years, that's the only place you're going to find me is on eBay. Okay, well, Ryan, it was such a blessing just to hang out today, to, to sit and chat with you for a while. Um, we went through, oh my gosh, we went through so much today with all the different uh, figures. You had some amazing sales, which is great, too. Again, you made people really happy. Uh, I love, as your friend, I love just watching that and seeing that happen, those connections being made. I was really glad to see you today, man, because I was sitting in the chair just kind of trying to save my stamina for a long day, and I saw you. I wasn't sure if I'd see you, and bam, ever since then, it's like reunion time. It's been fun. It's been, yeah. it just got me right back in the scene, you know. Like I said, I haven't done a show in over a year. I just fell right back into the excitement of it, so I love it. Yeah. It's amazing to think, too. Like, we've, we first met at the Wayne Toy Show, which was the monthly show, and then they would do, uh, the, the same promoter would do this uh, ToyCon NJ show, yeah, yeah, twice a year, and we've been at almost every single one together in Parsippany, which is just, uh, that's where our friendship really formed. It's true, and this is the only show that I do. I don't do every one, but there's just something about this crowd that keeps me coming back. I know there's a lot of other toy shows and a lot of competition, but there's just a comfort here. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, a lot of nice people, though, and yeah, I can't put my finger on it, but it, it is something, something that draws special, me back right? to, to New Jersey. Yes. It's a beautiful spot. Come check it out. Well, so if you had one last piece of advice for collectors, maybe going into the new year looking to add pieces to their collection or hunting for certain things, what's a piece of advice that you could give as somebody who's done this, gosh, for, you know, over a decade? Okay, yeah, I still feel good about adding pieces to a collection where uh, there are good deals out there right now. I think it's a buyer's market for the most part. A lot of rare stuff is still expensive, but I think if you're looking for a a reach piece, this year would probably be the time to go for it because you don't want to look back and say, oh, I should have grabbed that A-wing ship when it was 350 Now it's 800 again. So it's things like that. Watching the market on some of these things go up and down. You kind of have to play the roller coaster and you know, it, things are going for a good deal right now. So if you need something, I'd say this is the year to pick it up, whatever it is. Excellent. Well, I look forward to the next time we can hang out. Uh, I will be calling you uh, later on this week, but next time we're in person again, too, it'll be an absolute blessing. Yeah, man. Thanks for everything you do with the community, man. You're a real, uh, real factor for everybody being happy. 
this was wonderful. Uh, I I thank you for your friendship. I'm so glad that we have Same. we have over a decade now of being that? friends over this, which is awesome. And uh, I, I can't love, say that about too many people. No, you know what I mean? and we've we've gone through all like the highs and lows of collecting. We've both found some amazing stuff too. We shared it with one another, and I, I I look forward to the next time we get to do that too. I think fondly about a lot of our hangouts, David, and. There'd be times, you know, four or five years ago, we'd be on the phone at night and both of us are on our laptops while we're having conversations. We're buying things. Oh, I just bought this. Oh, I just bought that. While we're on the phone. One of us would go silent and all of a sudden it would be like, I just won something on eBay. Oh, man. So it's nice that the market's coming down a little bit. It's like, feels good to be buying things again, you know, Mm because I think at heart we all like to be buying stuff, you know, collecting. But it's, it's also a good time to look through your collection and, and maybe trade some things or uh, see what doesn't fit. That way you could afford the things that you really do want. Perfect words of wisdom. I love it. Ryan, you are a blessing. I look, again, I look forward right back, to the, the coming new year where we get to do this again and maybe another toy con and maybe some other shows too. I was I was starting to say though, David, that you're like a real glue for the community, man, and we, we like that. We, we love you, man. I mean, I don't know who, who I'm speaking for here, but I'm sure I'm speaking for somebody else out there that we know what you're doing out there. You're sowing some real positive seeds, man. So just just passing along the kindness that's you know been shared with me. So that, that's what we do. I love it. I love it, man. Just the uncompromising faith and love that you put out is beautiful, man. Keep it going. Awesome. All right. Well, here's to 2024. Cheers, buddy. Okay, it's three o'clock and I just left. Um, did not eat anything all day. I just <laughs> was too busy for that, which is fine. But um, really happy to see Ryan. Um, you know, it's funny. Again, a, a lot of times, you know, Star Wars stuff starts out as transactional, you know, because you try to reconnect with the toys and memories from your childhood. And, and then you start to meet people who share that same love uh, that you do, and I know I've said this on the podcast a number of times, um, probably all the time, but but it really is true. And then you, you just start to develop friendships, and you have no idea where that stuff takes you. Um, I've been on hikes with collectors. Uh, you know, we've done meetups and lunches, meals together, visited their homes. Um, you know, after a show or just in general, um, I've gone to celebration with collectors. You know where we've become friends that way and we've traveled together um, roomed at places like uh, ICCC and Celebration and and the different weekends and all of this happens just because we start we start collecting and then we start connecting Um, and that's that's what a show like today was Um, I know that this was this is either the second to last or the last show for me because there's one tomorrow NJ Collector Con that I'm going to try to hit and then that's it for the year, um, which is fine because we've had a really great year of toy shows. Um, I've had some wonderful adventures out there, you know, at different states and then with, you know, with all different friends, different clubs. And I look forward to more of that. But, um, but today was a great day. I think if I were just to recap very quickly some of the trends that I saw, um, I would say that a lot of the ones that I saw start to form or um, noticed in June are still holding up. So 
Um, the early bird was not as crowded as it's been during the pandemic. Um, and I think that was just a different time where you had a much larger general audience coming in and buying. Um, the items that are being sold are much different now. And I, I think this is the first show where I can say I see a true cultural change where we are shifting. Um, most shows, I would say, are shifting away from vintage and are going even beyond like what we'd consider, I guess, the modern stuff of the, the 90s and the, and the early aughts. And I, I think we're now... Uh, there, are a lot, there are a lot of younger collectors that are traveling in with their families and are buying pieces that are uh, you know, very new. Um, and then when it comes to vintage Star Wars stuff, I think it's just harder and harder to get that, those, those pieces. Um, so we're seeing less and less of it, especially with the prices still in the ranges that they are. When it comes to modern Star Wars stuff, a lot of the n- newer stuff, I would say the stuff that came out, you know, maybe over the past 10 years or so, uh, has, I don't know if they've really retained their values. Um, and I don't know how much interest there is for items like that. Um, I just got to my car. Um, but so you see pieces like that and you see them selling now, you know, for $5, $10, um, which is shocking, especially with Black Series where a lot of the Black Series figures, you know, were between $20 and $25. So we're seeing that change. Um, one of my favorite trends that we're seeing is that it, it's, it's much more of a family event now. Um, and I think in a lot of ways it's, it's a more relaxed event because you, you don't have people that are trying to beat each other out, um, you know, and, and get to a certain peace in time or, you know, there, there seems to be less competition where it's, it's more of a leisurely stroll through a toy show. It's a day out, um, you know, shopping for toys for a little while and trying to, you know, pick up a, a special item or two and then going out to, to lunch with family and, and making a day of it. So that's what I got from ToyCon NJ. Um, it was a really great day, and, and I think, you know, seeing I, I was fortunate to spend what felt like three or four hours with Ryan at his table and, and meeting a whole bunch of people and seeing some familiar faces again. And then also uh, I saw Art Lou and Mark Huckabone, um, two long-term and long-time uh, collectors and dealers um, who were set up at this show as well. And, and always, I mean, they, they bring amazing things. Mark had some, some really cool prototypes. He had, he had just gotten in a, um, uh, there was a show in the eighties called the A team with Mr. T and he had pretty much an entire set, almost an entire run of all of the toys and vehicles uh, that came from that line. And that was fascinating to see. Art always has incredible stuff. I mean, he had, something like four or five <laughs> size froms and a whole case of yak faces and, you know, all of these really rare items. Um, he has, you know, he had two full display cases of carded figures, vintage carded figures. Um, I think he had three Lily Letty Jawas with the removable hoods, you know, and, and um, one of our friends, uh, our friend Frankie, uh, he marveled at, at that, you know, seeing that many, um, so it was just a great experience. Um, there wasn't a large turnout from the the local clubs. 
the collecting clubs around this region, um, which we normally have, you know, and where everyone goes out and, you know, goes to a meal afterwards. Um, this is the second show where we haven't had that. So it may be the time of year. Um, and that's okay. You know, we, there's, there's always time for that. And we've been very fortunate recently. We've had a number of meetups and, uh, we probably have one more, uh, before the end of the year. So, uh, today was a, a true blessing. Uh, the weather has been beautiful as well too, uh, which is, you know, kind of, that can be difficult to say, uh, in the first week of December usually. So I'm just happy to have this. And, uh, now I'm just going to head home and hopefully head to another toy show tomorrow. With Sunday being a day of heavy rain, I decided not to attend NJ Collectors Con after all. And so for me, ToyCon NJ wound up being the final stop on the Toy Show season calendar this year. And spending the day at Ryan's table was a perfect way to wrap up the Toy Show experience. Ryan said the day felt like old times again, and I know exactly what he means. Regardless of where the hobby is currently and what trends emerged, at the core of these toy trips is the opportunity to connect with other collectors. Talking about Star Wars and the Kenner figures with Ryan and some of the other collectors reminded both of us of our days at the monthly Wayne Toy Show, where a group of us would hang around a table for hours, catching up during those early years. We'd excitedly share our recent toy finds and which items made their way into our respective collections. And we'd discuss the details of collecting, trading bits of knowledge about particular figure variants. And we'd learn together, coming away from each show with a better appreciation for the Star Wars world we loved. And that's what ToyCon NJ gave us for the final Toy Show weekend. I'd like to thank Ryan, along with Frankie, Mike, and John, for taking the time to speak with me and to share their collecting stories. And I'd like to thank you for coming along with me to the various toy shows and meetups this year, and for joining me for some wonderful collector conversations. We've reached the home stretch for 2023, and I have a few special episodes planned for you before the year's end on Star Wars, Prototypes, and production.